The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life. And that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels. My name is Dee Lee, and today I'm here with our guest host, Lynn Schrell. Our show today is called Mighty Gems, Sparkling Jewel of Compassion. And what are gems and jewels really? They are stones and tend to have different value for each person. It depends on how each person relates to them individually as to the true value they have. And as a little stone or pebble, they could be considered to be very small from a physical size, but they could have a huge value in terms of the different sense and basic effect. As we are spotlighting everyday jewels, we are taking a closer look at ordinary things in our daily living that are really magnificent when we stop and pay attention. As with jewels, the value is in the eye of the beholder. The sparkle can be a different attraction for everyone, but it tends to catch our attention. We are inspired. Dalai Lama said, although you may not always be able to avoid difficult situations, you can modify the extent to which you can suffer by how you choose to respond to the situation. How powerful is that? Yeah, but isn't that that hard? Let's talk about that. That's hard. In the moment, really, when you're activated and everything's happening and you're overwhelmed and it's just nutty and you feel out of control, it's like, I agree with this totally and completely. I just think that, you know, this might be a really tall order, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. in that Mm -hmm. moment. Let me just choose to be zen about this so I don't punch somebody's <laughs> face in, you know? Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's part of taking a deep breath. It really is. And being awake enough that you take, you pause. I mean, before you react, um, it's like what we've talked about, one insight, one choice, one action. And if we apply that and practice it, it's, it's a simple order. You know, if you have some insight in somebody doing something, you have the choice of choosing how you respond. And so if you just take a deep breath, more times than not, as the more you practice, the more you're going to be grounded and able to apply something a bit more reasonable than the punch. <clears throat> Such as if That's someone true. cuts you off while you're driving, how do you feel? Do you pound on the steering wheel? And how do you respond to them? For many people, there is an immediate feeling of anger and wanting to reciprocate. 
However, you could also totally surprise yourself by choosing to turn your annoyance into a trigger for expressing gratitude and love. This is basically the essence of the fourth chakra. By having the courage to connect with an intentional emotion and forgiveness, you will have a sense of compassion rather than aggravation. Rather than quickly spiraling into an emotional tug-of-war, it becomes an act of rising above the situation, the hallmark reflection of a humane person. To learn more, we are launching our vibrational appreciation and gratitude and our choice to have it apply to every circumstance, to have more meaningful relationships with ourselves and with others. So does that mean that I have to give up my communication of hand signals in that case where I'm in the car and someone cuts me off? Is that what we're really talking about here? No, that's that's nonverbal communication. Could have all kinds of ramifications. (laughs) (laughs) Compassion is really a valuable jewel in our vocabulary. When someone says they are compassionate, It usually reflects a feeling of sympathy or pity, feeling an emotion when you're responding to someone experiencing suffering actually motivates the desire to help them. This response means that you're acting on a deeper level and incorporates helping someone on various levels of physical, spiritual, or emotional needs. And the word compassion comes from Latin, co-suffering, and the deeper desire to alleviate the suffering. There is an ethical angle here that has been rolling around since history called the golden rule, which implies do to others what you have, would have them do to you. This rule actually comes from the 1670s in England and Europe and has been a root of many world cultures as a standard basic behavioral aspect. The basic concept of compassion describes the base, the Uh, existence of the two-way relationship between ourselves and others with an eye on balance. Compassion is a a basic key ingredient to the teachings of the major uh, world's religions. Most traditions have a common thread when it comes to requesting people treat others as they would want to be treated. In the process of living by this concept and the everyday exchanges we encounter, we empathize with other people, including others who are different from ourselves. Empathy is really rooted in kindness, compassion, understanding, and respect for others. To be great, morals such as this do not need to be complex or obscure. The simplicity of relating to this concept, it is really easy to understand and easy to apply, reflecting the hallmarks of a core moral system. And as we've talked about systems, you want to have a system that you can work with, within and through, without much complexity. Otherwise, it becomes one of those moments like, where am I in this process? As an insight, this is a basic way of being. When making a choice of how to do something, it can be readily applied before taking any action. It can be imagined as putting yourself in a situation you're observing and then asking how it feels being the recipient of that action. The visual that just came up was somebody that was ready to punch and if you just stand there staring at them and pausing, what would happen? You know, it becomes one of those visuals. Maya Angelou summed it up with her suggestion, be a rainbow in someone else's cloud. That's a powerful image right there. The appearance of a rainbow holds a message of unification and is addressed as a union between the sky and the earth, 
with the rainbow being a bridge between the two. In Chinese wisdom and legend, the rainbow is illustrated as a double-headed dragon. It is a symbol of yin and yang and has perfect balance as it is harmonized with the five basic colors. In Old Norse tradition, the rainbow symbolizes a bridge between the connections of the mundane earthly elements being shown as the way of the path of enlightenment. A related aspect to this image is the meaning of the arc in the rainbow. The arcs are symbolic of gateways and openings and portals to heightened awareness. In this specific context, we are also talking about choices that are to be made here and there, and ultimately resulting in everywhere with transformation and initiation. Albert Einstein said, a human being is a part of the whole, called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. That is so profound. Yeah, he was so brilliant. Mm -hmm. I have a crush on him. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh. I mean, I just love everything he says. You know, it's just simple and brilliant. Yeah, so, I mean, that's why his hair stood on end. <laughs> right? <laughs> he was processing so much. You know? <laughs> Very like. Well, you know, I was thinking when you were sharing um, something you said earlier, I was, I, I, this was so good. I'm making notes um, that uh, I, someone told me that if you're ever on a battlefield and you've got two warriors, they're all suited up, they're in armor, they got their weapons. What happens if one of them just drops the weapons and drops the armor? It's like they're just there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like um, somebody is actually going to, um, you know, fight someone who's naked, you know. So if you can just drop everything and be vulnerable in that moment, it changes the dynamic, right? <laughs> well, the person's going to not know how to respond. Yeah. Know, because it's like total flip side of any kind of normal response. You know, totally. If you totally you know, change it. And that, I think, is what um, some of this is implying is, you know, take the each moment and really think about how you would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's very powerful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and going further with the rainbow, in the Native American wisdom, the rainbow symbolizes initiations that are organized by the divine spirit and the divinely timed. And in Celtic wisdom, the rainbow means curve in the sky. And in their traditional approach, the Celtics were switched on by curves and arches, crescent moons, and divine feminine presence. As a link to lunar and feminine energy, the, this directly relates to provision, magic, fertility, prosperity, and to the image of a mother's belly full with child. So the pot of gold theory that says the pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow, that's a highly feminine symbol, and it's ultimately viewed as a gift and a sign of promise of new hope and life. And so we've been talking about this journey where we're prospecting through the chakra system. And, you know, that's obviously it's one of my favorites because I've actually actually written, you know, a book on it, but, you know, the chakra system 
really um, these ancient systems, and this is just one, the chakras is just one, but these ancient systems, they really defy time and space. And, and they are, again, a system of systematically um, understanding the flowing energy that's happening. So the, syst- the word system is a method, a plan, or a procedure that can look complex from the outside. And it's made up of a lot of moving parts. And when you put them together in a step-by-step process, you can plug yourself into it and then have an idea of the direction that you're actually going in. And so we've been exploring, you know, because this is the Mighty Gems, we've been exploring a lot of individual, unique, and valuable minerals and ore that make up each of us. And some of these are very deeply ingrained. Some are visible and some are hidden from the surface. And the combination and the mixture is what makes us each so valuable and also potentially a little explosive, like me in my car when someone cuts me off. (laughs) 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 But, you know, for most people, the word mining, it really relates to several different words. Excavating, and, you know, that's the process of extracting valuable substances of ore or minerals from the ground. Some are holes, some are open pits, some use water running over the ground to erode the underlying strata and materials and minerals. And having the right mining equipment ultimately makes the discovery easier and more amazing and a lot more fun. Well, you know, I learned so much. On Friday night, I'm just glued to that one channel that has, all, and you probably don't see this, but they, um, they're, they're following miners, gold miners up in Alaska. And I'm like, these people are just crazy. They, the, what they're putting up with, you know, it's like, so in the summer, they show them on land and in the winter, no, no, in the summer, they're on the water. They're out in the Bering Sea. And then in the winter, they're on, it's crazy. They're digging all the time under these crazy circumstances, much less the cold. Like that alone would stop me, but you know, they're, they're, they're tougher than I am. But, you know, when you know how to mine what's within, when you know how to prospect, when you have the right mining equipment, it gives you the confidence of knowing how to maneuver around these hurdles and, uh, and obstacles and roadblocks that are between you and, you know, really an unlimited amount of mining claims. You know, others might hear about claiming rights and might be scrambling around and trying to follow rules and running in circles. They're trying to figure out the whole process. But when you are present and you have this... Um, the support of this kind of knowledge framework and you choose to be coming from love and compassion, now you actually can show up and be considered and feel like you're a humane person. And in the chakra system, when you awaken the fourth chakra, you open your mind and you rid yourself of attachment and greed because the fourth chakra, which is really around your heart area, that's basically the transitional bridge between, you know, in the seven chakra system. That's the tra- tra- transitional bridge between the first, second, and third, which is the physical world, and pretty much everything b- below your heart. And then what's above the three spiritual chakras um, are really the etheric. So the the heart, the fourth chakra, is that bridge between the physical world and the etheric world. And in a, a healthy system with this flowing energy between all the chakras, the purely spiritual information from the upper chakras gets translated into a language that the lower chakras can understand. Talk about defined language. <laughs> right. I mean, very interesting. Mm-hmm. In the image of the fourth chakra being a bridge or a rainbow pot of gold, there are really a lot of ways to interpret the flow and the information being shared in the harmonized system components. 
Uh, it's really a natural phenomenon of assurance, gifts, appreciation, and incentive to stop doing and be grateful for beauty being given to us in such a profound natural expression. And, you know, have you ever chased a rainbow? It's, it's really an illusion in some ways, but it's very, when you see it, how do you feel? I mean, it's like one of those that shows up in the sky and you stop and you look. I mean, I'm sure that it's, um, it's one of those where somebody that doesn't see it and it's right there in front of them, that must be kind of a shock when they do see it. And they go, well, where did that come from? Take a fresh look at the opportunities. I mean, this is like one of those little um, potential uh, jingles or a way to raise an opportunity to um, stop and pause to take a natural um, break from whatever you're doing. So, when you see a rainbow, take a fresh look at the opportunities that are made available around you. You have a different you know, eye on them. There are always more than one way to make a choice. Which option feels like it applies? You know, with making choices um, and having a lot of different perspectives, when we look at something in a new way with a new light, um, we can actually make a better choice, I believe. Now, as we are sometimes not ready, um, this also gives you an opportunity to pause and feel like maybe there is a process going on that you can be a little bit more aware of. When you pause and reflect on your personal promises, you know, it's, it's always one where we make lots of promises to a lot of other people. And people also take January 1st as being, you know, this is the New Year's or whatever year you want to or month you want to capture as a new incentive for coming up with promises and self um, to-do lists and whatever. Um, what promises have you made to yourself and are you really honoring them? In the view of the two-way balancing act, you can see that in a visual. What are the promises that others have made and are they also being upheld and honored? Coming into taking a close look from the construction of this important connection in the fourth chakra, it feels almost like a bridge that you're looking at. Is it solid? What is the condition of the bridge in our focus and connection? When considering the choices and options, we are ready to be initiated into a new dimension of living. And, you know, when you run back and forth across the bridge, which I've done quite a bit, <laughs> it's like, my gosh, you know, what am I running back and forth to do? You know, why doesn't it have a connection where I feel like I'm strolling across or I'm pausing and looking at the results under the bridge? I mean, maybe there's a troll under there. I don't yeah, know. I was going to say that. <laughs> maybe there's a troll. <laughs> so, with that thought of the troll, we're going to take a, a quick break and we will be back for some more discoveries. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadiq to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. are listening to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels with D. Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. So welcome back to Mighty Gems, where we are mining the jewel of compassion. And um, we've covered everything from rainbows to trolls. So, <laughs> um, And now, you know, there's a, an interesting quote to share here. Samuel Johnson said, getting money is not all a man's business. To cultivate kindness is a valuable part of the business of life. And that is incredible. That is like, I think that that is better than just getting a bunch of money. There's a lot of people who have a lot of money and they're not happy and they're not kind. But when you cultivate kindness and compassion and connection and, you know, you're in your fourth chakra, your heart center, um, life is a lot more rewarding. It's really, um, really powerful. So, and as we've talked about, the chakra system, the fourth chakra, um, these chakras are a subtle system and they're really a window to our soul with connections to our soul's consciousness. Um, Amelia Earhart, who's just one of my, she's one of my sheroes. She said, a single act of kindness throws out roots in all directions and the roots spring up and make new trees. Um, and here's one that, I don't know, I have a tough, this quote kind of caught me, so I have to share it, but I'm going to say that I'm not sure I can get behind it. Kenneth McFarland said, there are no traffic jams when you go the extra mile. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the right turn. I'm taking the shortcut. <laughs> I'm going over the median. I will do anything to get out of traffic jam. So I don't know about going the extra mile because I can't speak to that. But um, yeah, so really today, you know, we're talking now about stepping forward into the fourth chakra and physically, you know, again, that's in the heart area. It's responsible for your circulatory system and your respiratory system. It facilitates love and compassion and emotional balance. Um, it's different from the third chakra. Um, the, you know, this is the processing center that controls our unconditional feelings and associations and relations and compassion. So the first chakra is really, you know, that's at, you know, your hips where, you know, the, the, your, the trunk of your body starts. And that is about organizing in time and space. That's your primal connection to the planet. Second chakra is right below your belly button. And that is all about creation and children and partnership. And then the third chakra is the seat of your personal power. It's where your ethics and your morals and your ability to make decisions for yourself will live. Well, the fourth chakra, this is where 
metaphysically, we experience all the feelings that all that stuff brings up. And then the feelings turn into emotions, which means we can start putting words to them. Love and hate, resentment, bitterness, grief, anger, loneliness, commitment, forgiveness, compassion, hope, trust, dedication, love. You know, all of, all of these emotional perceptions get processed here. The focus is on emotional needs and the feelings within. So all of our thoughts and our attitudes, our ideas, what inspires us, that is all living in the heart in the fourth chakra. So interesting, our greatest fear <laughs> is that we might follow our heart and then get vulnerable. Because if we're vulnerable, what could happen? Well, we could get hurt. So our fear is actually that we would follow our heart and not make good decisions, which Ironically, you want to follow your heart because that's your true life path. But, um, you know, it's a balance. It's a balance. But, um, you know, and the heart is also where jealousy lives. So if there is envy over someone else, maybe they have a bigger business or, you know, they, they're getting, you know, a bigger house or something, that's when we need to bless that person because what's happening for them is that they're actually showing us that it's coming to us because we're able to witness it. We're close enough to see it. So when we get jealous, that's the very moment you just, you need to switch it and say, whoop. You know, I bless that person because I know that their blessing will soon be mine, you know, or I'll have my own. But You run um, across and, the bridge again. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> you know, so you just gave me an image. Remember when you were a kid and you were playing baseball and, um, you know, you'd be on first base and, and second base and you'd go back and forth and it's, what is it, pickle or catch 22? It's like, you know, either way you go, something's going to, you know, they're trying to get you out. It's kind of like being on the rainbow bridge. It's like, ooh, you know, should I be jealous or should I bless them? Should I be jealous or, you know, it's like, I really want to bless them, but I kind of want to, you know. So, and, and if you have that, you find, if you find you have an inability to forgive, that's in the heart. So, if you have an inability to protect yourself emotionally, that's in the heart. Having the courage to listen to your own emotional messages and spiritual directives, that is a big deal. It is super important for us in this time um, of, of time and age, we are at the most actualized uh, point in time in history. And so it is up to us to really be able to follow that spiritual guidance for ourselves and our own emotional messages. So um, if we have maybe in, you know, as a child, we have, if we have wounded child issues, they're going to show up in the fourth chakra because we might have a fear of abandonment or a dysfunctional self-image about who we are and the fact that we are lovable. So emotional memories can control us from the heart. And that is a very un uncomfortable aspect of this. So there's really two ways that you can urge your heart chakra energy to flow. One is feminine and that is um, meaning that it's considered relational. It needs to connect outwardly and bond with other people. The other is to focus inwardly to really feel what's going on and become empowered in everything you do. And either way, whatever your natural inclination, there's you can't you you can't be wrong. You just can't because they're both right. They're both right. It's just something to be aware of. So, you know, the question becomes how do you relate and activate your heart chakra center? Do you outwardly go out and, and, and bond with other people or do you stop and go inward and really connect to your feelings fully? So is that almost dependent upon um, a stage of growth too? Yeah, yeah. As you explore your insight, 
you you're looking from the inside out and looking mm-hmm. for a reflection somewhere possibly yeah and absolutely so by doing mm-hmm. that you're looking deeper into the eyes of that reflection yeah or at least that's been my experience I think you're, yeah, for me, I, well, I'm considered an introvert on the Myers-Briggs scale. If you haven't done that, Google Myers-Briggs and see what you are. But there's four characteristics that that test measures, and I'm an introvert. Well, I'm kind of on the border. I'm, I'm a high-functioning introvert. Let me say it that way. And what that means, it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily shy. What it means is that I get the most energy from being alone. So extroverts get energy from being out and amongst people. An introvert will likely get more energy if they're alone. And so um, I was, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm just getting over bronchitis and I had a friend who said, Oh, you know, I need to come and stay with you. I need to take care of you. I was like, no, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) So, and you know, and then the other thing is you can actually do both. It really isn't an either and, you know, it's not an either or question, it's a both and. So, and, and you know, just awareness alone can change how you relate to that. Anytime you want to feel connection with your fourth chakra, a very simple thing to do is just launch vibrational appreciation. Just be in gratitude and think, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe this is happening. And when you do that, that is the highest energy for manifestation and it works every time to bring something better, uh, whatever it is. That, you know, and, and sometimes it's things you didn't even know you needed. But when you are launching vibrational appreciation and being in gratitude, all kinds of things happen. Well, so, in your voice, I mean, you can, you can put emphasis in your voice that actually vibrates your internal system, too. I mean, that's, totally. that's very much um, a way to get into the flow, too. I mean, you can mm-hmm. activate other feelings by getting your voice not being in the in the shadow, but being out there and and looking for a way to express it. Absolutely. Well, we'll probably talk about that more next week with the fifth chakra. But you're absolutely right because it may initiate. It's like the the emotions, the feelings, and emotions initiate in the fourth chakra. They go up to the fifth chakra where they're actually spoken out loud. And then when that happens, there's a vibration in your body, in your chest, and it's where that vibrational resonance determines your frequency it's a part of your frequency and so wherever your frequency is is likely what you're you know like and you know i mean everybody listening to this has had this experience it's you know it's the day that you woke up late you try you had a bad hair day you got in your car you were running late you hit a traffic jam and um you spilled the coffee you know got a paper cut like everything happened it's kind of like all in that vein. But then there's other days where you wake up and it's a glorious morning and your hair is perfect. You don't even have to touch it and everything flows. And it's because that's where your vibration is. Like those are two extremes, but you can see. And everything that happens throughout your day either adds to or enhances your energy or it takes a little piece of it. You know, it's like a little detraction from it. So um, you want to hang out with high vibration people and in high vibration environments and take care of yourself, nurture yourself emotionally. That is what your heart asks you to do. Yeah, Albert Einstein was, you know, he never had a bad hair day. I was like, right? <laughs> <laughs> probably Neither didn't did connect Telly to Savalas. it. <laughs> 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 oh, that's pretty oh, funny. Yeah. 
Yeah, we are fun. We're silly. It's, but, you know, it's like that's how our minds work. And we have to play. It's, you know, and that's part of the heart, too. Really, you know, when we were talking about honoring things and, you know, honoring honoring boundaries or asking people to honor you, that all really comes from within. You have to know yourself enough to be able to make the request and for to allow, and to monitor when your needs or your boundaries or your requests are not being honored. That's on you to, you know, step up with that. It's not about other people. We teach other people how to treat us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, staying open to the world means forming an unconditional friendship with yourself. And it means accepting all the things that you've been busy running away from. It's really ironic. You have to turn around and face that stuff and then embrace it. Everything you've been avoiding, it's really important that you can embrace it all and then transform it with self-love and acceptance because that's the energy that will come to you in your life and in everything you do. So, you know, some of the questions that you want to think about for yourself and in your relationships, um, do you have envy or feel jealous of people in your world because you think they're making more money or having something more or you know maybe they don't know as much as you but they're getting more credit somehow they're getting the breaks that you're not getting but you've been doing it longer these are questions that can really trip you up and this is all in your fourth chakra oh, so if you and the troll the yeah Ooh, that's good <laughs> yes that little troll can come and you know, take a chomp, you know, well, if you look over the it. side of the bridge as you're running back and forth and you see a reflection, what do you see? Yes, exactly. What do you see? And do you feel vulnerable um, when you put yourself out there and get rejected because somebody doesn't say yes to whatever it was you were offering? You know, and if you 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 can't really control things if they're not your if, you're, if they're not your people, they're not responding to you. Just send love. Send them on their way. Bless them and say, please find the resources you need. You know, whatever that is. If you're no longer a match, you will find that relationships might blow up on you, and they're supposed to because if there's no longer a vibrational match, then neither of you is benefiting from it. Now, you may come together again in a year or two or 10 or whatever, but in that moment, it's not serving the two of you to be connected. And so you really want to um, follow your joy and feel passion, the passion of living a great life every day and, and know your big why in life. Why are you doing what you're doing? And does it feel big enough to pull you out of bed every day? If not... Yeah, you know, big question, right? Well, it's a big W, too. Big, uh, yes, big W. Yeah, like so. other one with the whole little H or big mm-hmm. H. Yep. It's how we relate to people in the world around us. Do we pick the, the hole with the small H? Oh, it's raining today. How are you feeling? Do you have the aches and pains? Or the hole with the big W where it's like, wow, how much better can it get? You know, and those are the kind of people that, you know, bring me forward. And I choose to be that for other people. And I just feel good. You know, it's like, it's, it's, um, I feel like I'm making the world a better place and I get to be there too. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's like looking out the window and seeing, you know, I look out my office window and I see the sunrise on Mount Rainier. You know, it looks like a great big ice cream cone off in the distance. (laughs) And sometimes it has clouds around it, but more times than not, you know, it has a colorful cone of color with the rising sunlight. And that makes me feel very good. Mm, It sounds magical. 
Yeah. And, and really what you're doing is you're connecting your heart to where you are. And, you know, so the question becomes, does your environment reflect your heart? Does your work reflect your heart? Do your relationships reflect your heart? Because that's what matters here. That is the biggest why, because it matters to your heart. And that's part of that whole fourth chakra being such an important middle section and choices of going either way. Here is a simple but yet powerful 19th century rhyme used in primary schools. Kind hearts are the gardens. Kind hearts are the roots. Kind thoughts are the roots. Kind words are the blossoms. Kind deeds are the fruits. And as a kid, I remember having to memorize different things. I always got in trouble because I was coming up with my own poetry in between. So it, it was always a challenge because I was making where I was thinking in terms of poetry. And so as I was rhyming someone else's rhyme, I would come up with a phrase and uh, that was not always welcome, <laughs> but it was, it was fun. And as applied to the energy of the fourth chakra, this allows us to have meaningful, loving relationships with ourselves and others. This energy incorporates many types of love, including romantic parental and companionate love. If you have a balanced, healthy heart energy, you stop clinging to old hurts and pain, and you can feel forgiveness. That's a huge word. You know, that's another one of the powerful words is forgiveness. It can sometimes feel like you're in a construction zone when you're putting together your system for yourself to operate. And the energy has a lot of components, but we can discover them one by one and build upon each as we are prospecting and discovering the values for ourselves or others. Having a focused attention is the starting point as we work through the various elements, and we are essentially putting together our structure of energetic construction project. Mary Carr had a fun comment. Sure, the world breeds monsters, but kindness grows just as wild. Nice. Excuse me talk about the troll when your fourth chakra is working properly you will be compassionate humanitarian and empathetic you'll have a desire to empathize and nurture others and see the good side in everyone you can begin to express and receive abundant love gary chapman's book five love languages is a powerful exploration as children, we grow up learning the languages of our parents. From that very basic level, we learn additional languages as we mature. But it is usually with much more effort. To begin, you can ask yourself some basic questions. How do I express love to others? What do I complain about the most? What do I request most often? These are questions that, you know, become an insight to ponder and as you ponder them, more questions will come up because it's a, it's a continuation in conversation with yourself if you're open to it. Sometimes it's very difficult because sometimes you can be your uh, most difficult um, critic. And if you listen to yourself, you could have a really serious argument <laughs> possibly <laughs> that, you know, you may not get all of the information, but, you know, you can sit and listen to it and really have a feeling that you're arriving somewhere. 
And with that discussion, we're going to come back and um, take a closer look at the five love languages because that's a very, very powerful um, language and deserves some real focus. And so Lynn will be diving into that when we come back. We're going to take a quick commercial and we'll be right back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. Our show today is Sparkling Jewel of Compassion. And... Um, that is a huge process as we go running back and forth across our bridge of the fourth chakra. It's one of those that um, essentially Lynn's going to be exploring our uh, details here in more depth on the five, five love languages. That's an, a very powerful process. It really is, you know, and the way that I first learned about the love languages was when there was a couple, I heard a couple describing it and she said, you don't even say uh, that you love me. And he's like, what are you talking about? I changed your oil in your car. Like, you know, she's, she needs the words and he's all about actions. So they loved each other and they weren't even connecting on that because they each had their own needs. Right. So, um, really the five love languages are one language is words. Um, actions don't always speak louder than words. You know, if, if words are your love language, then unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Be- and, and hearing the reasons behind that love just sends your spirit soaring. And insults can leave you shattered and you don't easily forget them. So, you know, verbal compliments or words of appreciation are really powerful. So encouraging words, the word encourage means to inspire courage. All of us 
have areas in which we feel insecure. We lack courage and that can hinder us from accomplishing the positive things that we want to do. And so maybe you or your spouse or your family members, maybe you have untapped potential in an area of your life or maybe more than one. And that potential might be just waiting to hear encouraging words to unlock it. So you want to uh, offer that. And, and, you know, main, it doesn't really cost you anything, but it can make the world of difference, right? And, and kind words, um, kind words, that has to do with, with the way that we speak. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's the tone, it's everything. All of a sudden I had this picture of, you know, someone saying, no, 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 you know, in a really nice way, but it's really like, no, don't do it, you know, but it's kind of like that. It's, you know, when you say something with kindness and tenderness, it can actually be a, an expression of love, regardless of what you're actually saying. I mean, you could say no, but say it in a very kind way, right? Um, and humble words, that's another, um, you know, love makes requests, not demands. And so, you know, if we're in um, a significant relationship or in a marriage, you know, if we're equal partners and, and we're to develop an intimate relationship, we need to know each other's desires so that we can help meet them. So if we make our needs known in the form of a request, we're giving guidance and not ultimatums. That's the difference. So words is one language, words of affirmation, and then another language is time. And this is my love language, time. Um, you know, in, in my world, in the, you know, the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full, complete, undivided, absolutely present attention. So being there for a person with this love language is critical. And it means really being there. No TV, fork and knife are down, chores and tasks and, you know, cell phones and texting all on standby because that is what makes that person feel truly special and loved. So distractions, postponed dates, uh, a failure to listen. Oh my goodness. That just, you know, breaking those social contracts with me is it's, you know, <laughs> it's hard to recover. Let's just say it that way. Well, so, you, you know, around, if you look around too, in the, in the restaurants, this mm -hmm. is a real eye opener. How many families are in, you know, having lunch or breakfast, or dinner, and not really connected. Yeah, they're all on their cell phones texting other people, mm -hmm. right? It, it kind of makes me crazy. Um, you know, and if I'm hanging out with somebody and they whip out their cell phone, I want to just stomp on it. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, either you're here with me or you're not. And I get really upset. Like, it's just not cool. And that is how I honor people. That's how you know your love language. It's the thing that you look back on in a relationship and go, oh, that used to happen. Or, oh, that's what I needed. You know, you want to really know your own love language and pay attention to other people's love language because that way you, you can be fluent in more than your own, right? So when you have um, time as your language, or another person has time as their language, it means giving them your undivided attention. Not sitting on the couch watching TV together. It means taking a walk, just the two of you, not a big group. You know, maybe just going out for a bite and look at each other while you're talking. Time is a really strong communicator of love. And this, this language actually has many dialects. So one of the most common is that of quality conversation, where two people are sharing their thoughts and 
feelings. A relationship calls for sympathetic listening with a view to understanding the other person's desires. And we must be willing to give insight and advice, but only when it's requested and never in a condescending way. And so some practical listening tips, you know, we don't, people think they know how to communicate. They think they know how to listen, but, you know, listen to a couple of these now to see if you do maintain eye contact when you and that other person are talking, your spouse, business partner, friend, whatever it is, maintain eye contact. Don't do something else at the same time. If you're multitasking with that person, you're not really present for them. Listen for feelings and then confirm them and ask yourself, what emotion is my spouse, partner, friend experiencing? What emotion are they experiencing? Observe body language. Do not interrupt. Refuse to interrupt. Interruptions indicate, I don't care what you're saying, just listen to me. It means you're listening with, you're not even really listening. You're thinking ahead to the response you're going to give already when you haven't even heard the whole thought, right? So don't interrupt. And uh, quality conversation also, it calls for self-revelation. So in order for your partner to feel loved, you really need to reveal some of yourself too. So that is the language of times. We've got words, time, and then the third language is gifts, And this is not about materialism. Instead, the receiver of gifts thrives on the love and thoughtfulness and effort behind the gift. It could be, you know, a nickel, whatever, you know, silly thing, but it means you thought about them. So if you speak this language, the perfect gift or gesture shows that you are known, you are cared for, you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring that gift to you. So for you, a missed birthday, a missed anniversary, a hasty or thoughtless gift, it's just disaster. And, you know, the absence of everyday gestures of caring and connection, that just, I have a friend, her her language is this, and she is so happy if I you know, stop and go, oh, wow, this is her favorite chocolate. It's an organic white chocolate bar. She loves it. If I bring that, she's like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Like she feels loved. So if someone does that with me, of course, I'm really happy, but it's not a big time. If they, if they give it to me, but they're texting at the same time, or they're just dashing off to go somewhere, that for me has a bigger impact than the gift, right? So almost everything ever written on the subject of love indicates that at the heart of love is the spirit of giving. All five love languages challenge us to give to our significant others and partners and spouses. But for some people, receiving gifts, which are visible symbols of love, that will speak the loudest. So a gift is something you can actually hold in your hand and say, look, that person was thinking of me or she remembered me. A gift is a symbol of that thought. And gifts come in all sizes and colors and shapes, and some are expensive and some are free. And to the person whose love language is receiving gifts, it's not about the cost. It's not about the cost. And there's also an intangible gift that can speak more loudly than something that can be held in a person's hand. Physical presence. Physical presence in the time of crisis is really the most powerful gift you can give anyone. Your body becomes the symbol of your love. So it's a big deal. Uh Big deal. Yep. And then um, the fourth language is acts. Acts of service. You know, changing the oil. So can vacuuming someone's floor be an expression of love? Totally. 
absolutely. Anything that you do to ease the burden of responsibilities that weigh on an acts of service person speaks volumes. The words that they most want to hear is, let me do that for you. <laughs> so laziness or broken commitments or making more work for them tells them that their feelings don't matter. And people who speak this love language will seek to please their partners by serving them. They want to express love by doing things for them. So they'll cook a meal, set the table, wash the dishes, sort the bills, walk the dog, deal with the landlord. Those are all acts of service. And they require thought and planning and time and effort and energy. And if done with a positive spirit, yeah, they are expressions of love. This is yeah. not about being a doormat, by the way. You know, I'm a coffee deliverer in the morning. To my You're husband. A coffee deliverer. <laughs> <laughs> I make coffee that's and then awesome. I, that's how he wakes up. But we also have a cat that joins me, so we call her the coffee cat. <laughs> 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 she takes a whiff of the coffee and she's right there purring because she gets patted. So it's, it's kind knows. of a funny extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and the, the, I think the fine line is that when you're a compassionate, caring, loving, intelligent, competent person, you automatically sort of see where you can do things to help. And sometimes that gets um, taken for granted and, um, you know, it, it, and depends on how you honor your own boundaries at this, but you don't want to be a doormat. This is, you don't want to do things out of guilt or obligation or resentment. You know, nobody should ever have to do that. It's, you're really offering these things as a lover, as a compassionate person, as a caring person, and you're being conscious and present about it. So this isn't about just rolling over and whatever, you know, that's different. Uh, and then the, the fifth language is touch, physical touch. And this is not just about the bedroom. A person whose primary language is physical touch is you know, touchy. <laughs> they hug, they pat on the back, they hold hands. There's thoughtful touches on the arm or the shoulder or the face. And these are all ways that can show excitement and concern, care and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial and neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. So <clears throat> holding hands, kissing, hugging, sex, these are all lifelines for the person whose um, love language is touch. And with it, they feel secure. Love touches don't make, take a lot of time, but they do require a little thought, especially if this isn't your love language or you didn't grow up in a touchy, touching family. So sitting close to each other when you watch TV doesn't take more time, but it can communicate you love that person in a really loud way. So touching each other when you leave the house and when you come home, it might be a little brief kiss, but it speaks volumes. So it's That's about huge. touch. Yeah. And mm -hmm. people sometimes have an overactive fourth chakra, which will give their, where they actually give too much. And these yeah. people sometimes have nothing left when they've been giving, giving, giving. They can also be moody, possessive, demanding. So it's, it's really a, a focus of giving free service to others, but making a lot of good deeds and love and keeping ourselves balanced really listening, you know, and keeping participatory, but also knowing your own boundaries, you know, how much can you actually give? Yeah. You know, yeah. That process. Well, it's about, you know, balancing your emotional bank account with them, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're both depositing into the emotional bank account, then there's something that you can withdraw when you need it. So, but, you know, somebody who's overdrawn with that, they have nothing left to give 
and they mm-hmm. can't even give to themselves. And in that case, they might be moody or demanding or melodramatic, critical, possessive, whatever. So, you know, and, and if they're, if your fourth chakra is out of whack, it means your circulatory system, your lungs, your blood, um, you know, fatigue, high blood pressure, heart attacks, insomnia, tension, cancer, paranoia, these, all these things can really, um, they're coming from the heart and hurtful situations can really affect your fourth situation or your fourth chakra in such things um, as separation, divorce, abuse, grief, abandonment, adultery. These are all situations that can really hurt your heart and cause illness or injury there. So you really want to keep balance. You really do. And, you know, this is just... um, you know, this, as you harvest the value of your inner being, uh, you will literally take the lid off and experience freedom in your life with a new congruence of who you are and how you're showing up in the world as a mighty gem. Well, and it's a huge, mighty treasure hunt. (laughs) (laughs) And with the magnitude of potential deliveries, I mean, we could be sparking and launching a mighty gold rush. Like there has never, ever been. I mean, if we each take a look at what we're doing and how we're doing it, in our own space, you know, not with anticipation of someone doing things correctly or not, but just really taking the lid off of our own, you know, opportunities to mm. provide um, ideas and inspiration. It's a it, and experience the freedom. I mean, it's huge potential to be able to experience that freedom. And as Absolutely. we get our sparking going on with gems and our personal values are are going forward, the benefits. For all of us, as we provoke this action, it's another insight as we are exploring and step into active choice for action. We are basically moving our plan into action from our intellect and comfort levels into inspired manifestation and empowering ourselves as we go deeper and deeper into the balancing active discoveries. Now, as we connect to ourselves, to nature, and to others with one insight, one choice, and one action, We can broaden our prospecting arena and can go up and down and above and beyond where we ever have believed we could go and grow. Absolutely. As my other crush, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, life is short, but there is always time for courtesy. So thank you for being with us here today. Join us next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take care. Thank you for joining D. Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.